Colossians chapter 2, and we'll begin reading in verse number 4. Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 4. The Bible says, And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. For the I be absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the Spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ, as ye have received therefore, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. You can be seated tonight. I'm interested in this verse found in chapter number 2, verse 7. The Bible says, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. And uh, when you look at the book of Colossians, Paul writes uh, to the church here, warning them of being in doctrinal error. And it's a, it's a book of Christology. Well, really, uh, a study of Christ is what it is. Jehovah's Witnesses will get choked up on it. Any false doctrine will get choked up and choke out to death. But it talks about his humanity and his deity. It talks to us and tells us how we're to walk, how we're to talk, how we're to conduct ourselves. In chapter 2, you'll find, he said, This I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. Chapter 2, verse 4 tells us what, we're, uh, what kind of talking we're to listen to. And it ain't, it ain't uh, enticing words and being beguiled. Right. It tells us here how we ought to walk or how we ought to travel. He tells us that we're to be tenacious. That word just means resolute, persistent. It means uh, established, rooted, and we're to be that way in Christ. We're to be teachable here. Yeah. The Bible tells us here, as ye have been taught, verse number 7, but then we're to have thanksgiving in our heart. I want to preach on this thought tonight, abounding with thanksgiving. Several months ago, back in June, I had an evangelist come to our church and he preached an entire message on being overwhelmed. And I want to preach on that thought, being overwhelmed with thanksgiving. He went through the book of Psalm and he dealt with how that the psalmist talked about in Psalm 55 and verse number 5 how that horror had overwhelmed him. And then in chapter, or Psalm 61, verse number two, he talked about his heart being overwhelmed. He talked about in 77, verse three, Psalm 77, verse three, that his spirit was overwhelmed. And he talked about in Psalm 124, verse before, that the waters had overwhelmed him. And he dealt that entire message he preached in our church with being overwhelmed. Being overwhelmed with sorrow and the circumstances that, and the situations in life. And certainly we do feel like many times that we are. Right. And uh, there's no doubt about it. And I'm not belittling anybody here today or tonight, whatever you may have faced in your life. Uh, and uh, I understand that many times we get overwhelmed. We get overwhelmed when horror, heartache comes. 
Sometimes a burden of raising your children overwhelms you. Sometimes when they do wrong, you're overwhelmed. And sometimes church problems can overwhelm you. Sometimes problems at the job can overwhelm you. And your spirit can be overwhelmed. No doubt it can be. And your emotions can overwhelm you. Is that not right? Hey man, I believe all of us are a little bit crazy uh, anyway, but uh, your emotions can overwhelm you, your feelings can overwhelm you, uh, uh, things can overwhelm I'm gonna tell you, if you watch the news, it'll overwhelm you. That's right, depression will overwhelm you. Hey man, uh, you'll watch it and you'll start to, you'll wind up being suicidal if you're not careful. Uh, but I thought about it, as we look at this scripture, uh, uh, he mentions several times here in Colossians of, now, it's a book about the deity of Christ, humanity of Christ, how would I walk, how would I talk. Uh, but he mentions here several times in chapter one, verse number three, he talks about we give thanks to God. Uh, then in verse number what, uh, 12, he said, giving thanks unto uh, the Father. And then in uh, two in our text, verse number seven, abounding with thanksgiving. And then in uh, chapter three, verse 15, he tells us here, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts uh, to the which also you're called in one body and be ye thankful. And then in verse number 17, he says, and whatsoever you do in word or do, deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. And then he tells us also in chapter four, verse number two, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. I understand this, there'll be many things that overwhelm us, but I'm gonna tell you tonight, I want to be overwhelmed with thanksgiving. I certainly do believe if we look at the word of God that we certainly can be overwhelmed with thanksgiving. That's right, overwhelmed. I'm gonna tell you not to live your life overwhelmed with sorrow and a sadness and your spirit being overwhelmed. But I thank God tonight we can have some thanksgiving abounding in our heart. Thank God. That's right. Look here, when we look overwhelmed means to bury or drown. It means to bury or drown beneath a huge mass. Give too much of a thing to someone. Uh, too much to manage. It's what being overwhelmed means. When the way we look at the word abounding or abound, it means to be plentiful. It means to have or possess a, a great quantity of. I thought about as we look at here how that we're, to, we're abounding or overwhelmed with thanksgiving. I began looking at this, the book of Colossians here. The Lord laid it on my heart. I thought about so many things I've got to be thankful for. We could all take time tonight. I mean, Brother Gravely, you could have stayed here all night long. And I'm sure every one of us that are saved by the grace of God, thank God we've got something to be thankful for. It may seem like the bottom's falling out, but I'm glad we've got something to be thankful for. Hey, if you're just saved by the grace of God, that's enough to shout from now on till Jesus comes. It's enough to shout to eternity. Amen, all eternity, just being saved by the grace of God. Thanksgiving, listen, it ain't just one time a year, but I'm glad we can focus on it a little bit. And we, we set aside a day in the year, but I believe every, uh, every day ought to be Thanksgiving for a child of God. But I look at several things here tonight. 
I want to say I'm overwhelmed with thanksgiving tonight because of the truth I have been told. And look in chapter one, verse three, the Bible says, we give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which ye have to all the saints for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof before, whereof you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. I could say tonight, thank God, listen, thank God I know the truth. I'm thankful, I'm overwhelmed with Thanksgiving night because the truth I have been told. I, my testimony is one of being raised up in church around the things of God. And I remember from a young lad of a boy, and God saved me when I was a young man, a young lad of a fellow, 1979, God saved me, five years old. But I thought about as I was growing up, and I remember, hey man, I remember being at Faith Christian Day School and that teacher getting up and, and she telling us about Adam and Eve and how Adam and Eve had fell in the Garden of Eden, how God had provided a lamb. And then I remember those Sunday school teachers had take those old flannel graphs. Y'all remember them? And uh, they'd put a Sunday school lesson. Then I remember the preacher preaching. God began to deal with my heart. And I began to, I got under conviction and uh, hell became a a reality to me. Uh, Calvary became a reality to me. And uh, thank God I got saved as a young lad of a boy. Amen. God put me under conviction and I I run to him. But I thought about, uh, hey, you may not have that testimony. You may not have been raised in church around the things of God. You may not have been, but thank God, if you if you know the truth, thank God somebody may have come knocking on your door uh, and they may not have ever uh, let up. You might have told them no or uh, I don't want to come. You might have told them that two or three times. But aren't you glad they kept coming back and telling you the truth? And I remember as a young boy and I, I, I thought, well, I'm just going to burn up in hell when I go. And, and, and the boy, God began to, he, he hammered on me and, and just uh, the preacher kept preaching the truth and kept preaching the truth. And thank God I'm glad they didn't let up with the truth of God's word. Aren't you glad the preacher didn't quit preaching the truth to you? Aren't you glad you heard the truth of God's word? Thank God for the truth tonight. Ye shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. I'm overwhelmed with thanksgiving because of the truth I've been told. That's why we need to get the gospel out. There's some people. I mean, you better thank God. Hey, man, you better thank God. Some man of God or somebody took the word of God. Hey, man, and told you there was a man who came and was born in a manger in Bethlehem, lived a perfect, sinless life. Thank God. And went to the cross of Calvary. Hey, man, died on the cross of your sins. Thank God. I was laid in a tomb, but that's not the end of the story. Thank God. He got up on that third and appointed day. Oh, was raised again for our justification, Romans says. Amen. Aren't you glad you heard the story? Oh, it never grows old. Amen. I had Daniel Waters at church yesterday or Sunday. He took a text out of John chapter three and verse number 16. 
And uh, I thought about, that seems like a simple message. I'm going to tell you, if that ever gets old to us, I'm going to tell you, we're telling the same story. I ain't preaching anything new tonight that you ain't heard. Oh, but I'm going to tell you, it's refreshing to me how to hear one more time how Jesus came and died on the cross for my sins and the blood and died so that I could be saved by the grace of God. Oh, what a blessed story to tell it over and over and over again. Oh, it never grows old. Thank God. Brother Martin, you go tell them in the jail. Tell them every time you go. Thank God. Thank God for the truth. We have been told. Oh, yeah. These people ain't no, there's folks in this world today who's never heard the truth. That's right. They may be going to so-called places of assembly. You better thank God that you know the truth. I'm overwhelmed with thanksgiving because of the truth I have been told. I want to say secondly, I'm overwhelmed with thanksgiving because of the tribe of the same mold. You think about this. He says here in verse number four, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have to all saints. Verse number 12, he says, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers in the inheritance of the saints in light. He says, I'm thankful, I'm overwhelmed with thanksgiving uh, because uh, of the tribe that's of the, I'm of the tribe that's of the same mold. Now I want to say, I don't know most of y'all here tonight, but you're my tribe. And we're of the same mold if we're saved by the grace of God. Hey man, don't you love the people of God tonight? Don't you love God's people? Hey man, I, this is my crowd. We know the Bible says we pass from death into life because hey, we love the brethren, thank God. I don't take it. Listen, I've got a hard time with people hey, criticizing the church. Saying a whole bunch of hypocrites down there. They don't even know what they're talking about. Hey man, God's people, and I'm not bragging on us, but I'll tell you we are what we are by the grace of God. How about God's people's the best people in the world? I don't call on the world when I need prayer. Hey man, God's people's been good to me. I mean, they've prayed for me. They've wept with me. Hey man, they've sorrowed with me. Oh yes, thank God. They've rejoiced with me. Thank God for the tribe. We're the tribe of the same mold. Oh, glory to God. That's right. I love God's people. We share our happiness together. We share our food. That's right. We share our trials and tribulations and our joys. We even share our sicknesses. Where, where's, where's, where's Dave and Donna Terry at? Are they here tonight? Them heathens. I'm going to tell you, since they're here, I'm going to talk about them. They brought COVID to camp meeting a year ago. <laughs> Amen. But I thought, uh, if I was going to get COVID from anybody, Brother Ricky... I'd rather get it from the people of Bible Baptist Church. Hey man, Jacob Mark, is he here tonight? He just got married, that dirty rascal. Is he on his honeymoon? Jacob Mark, where are you at? I can't believe I'm missing him tonight. But I'm gonna tell you something. 
He got sick as a dog too. And I'm going to tell you, if I was going to get COVID, I'd rather get it down at the house of God than it would Walmart anyway. That's right. I'd rather get it down at the house of God than would the grocery store or the ball game. If I was going to get it, that's I did, but I got it from God's people. We had a woman come to our church and she knew she's sick as a dog and she told us she was. She says, oh, I feel like, I feel terrible. I was like, what in the world are you doing here? But I'm like, she wanted to be in the house of God. And I'm like, who can fault somebody that's been saved by the grace of God? Somebody that knows the Lord, who the Lord's delivered from the kingdom of darkness to the, amen, the kingdom of light for wanting to be around God's people. I'm going to tell you this virtual church just ain't for me. It just don't do. No, sir. Oh, that's right. God never intended that to be the case. But thank God I'm overwhelmed. Thank God for, hey amen, the people of God tonight. Thank God for those of the household of faith. Yes, sir. That's right. I feel like preaching a little bit. Because I'm overwhelmed because of the truth I've been told. I'm overwhelmed because I'm of the tribe of the same mold. I'm overwhelmed because of the treasure I hold. I want you to look at something what Colossians says here in chapter one and verse number 24. Who now rejoice in my suffering for you and fill that up which is behind the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake which is the church, all right. He's like a rejoicing in suffering because the body of Christ is the church. And then he says here, whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations but now is made manifest to his saints to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this ministry among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. You say, preacher, what treasure do I hold? I'm glad you asked. Yes. And Bible says we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Yes. I'm gonna tell you something, friend. Jesus made a promise in John 14 and John 16. There's a crowd now says they don't know what it is to be filled with the, be filled and the Spirit of God don't, don't dwell in man. I'm gonna tell you what. The Bible says he shall be in you. Thank God. If any man had not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. I'm gonna tell you, say, how'd you know when you got saved? I'm gonna tell you because somebody Real big, moved inside, thank God. Amen. And he moved inside and he ain't left yet. I thank God for the Holy Ghost of God that dwells inside every believer. You say, how I know, how do I know if God's in me? You want to ask that question? That's right. That's right. <laughs> Sooner or later, he's gonna show up. <laughs> Amen. There'll be some correspondence between Heaven and earth, I promise you that. Amen, thank God for the treasure that we hold. Amen. He said, you stay here in Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high. And we know that God sent the Holy Ghost. 
and he's still working today. Thank God he lives inside me. That's right, the treasure we hold. Now, that's a blessing because the Old Testament saints didn't know anything about that. And they live for God too. How much easier is it going to be for us to live for God now that the Holy Ghost of God dwells on the inside of us? Hey man, you got somebody living on the inside of you, bigger than you are and bigger than the world is. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Hey man. I'm overwhelmed with Thanksgiving because of the treasure I hold. I'm overwhelmed with Thanksgiving because my transgression is old. Chapter 2, verse number 13. He's still continuing with this thought of rejoicing now. We he quit thanking God yet. We're still in the same context of thanksgiving and rejoicing. That's right. Amen. And I'm going to just say this. Every time you think about what God's done for you, thank God thanksgiving is in order. It's never, never an inappropriate time to give God thanks. Amen. Look what he says here. Chapter 2, verse 13. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him having forgiven you all trespasses. Oh, thank God for that. Amen. Now, in the Old Testament dispensation, Hebrews chapter 10. There's always need for another year to roll by, more sacrifice. The priest would always stand daily. His job never got done. Right? In Hebrews chapter 10, he says, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, tell me what he'd done. Something that the priest in the Old Testament dispensation, the Old Covenant, never got to do. They never got to sit down. Right. But look what it says here. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances. And I'm going to tell you, in Hebrews chapter 10, you can read over in Psalm 40, God never did find any satisfaction with those Old Testament sacrifices. God never had pleasure with them. God never got satisfaction out of that. But in he, Isaiah 53, find the, the, the prophet Isaiah writing about it. He says, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He shall see the travail of his soul and what? Be satisfied. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinance that was against us, which was contrary to us and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Having spoiled principalities and powers, now I'm getting real deep here, not that I'm a deep preacher, there's so much in here that I'm ready to shout hallelujah all the way to glory. But the Bible says, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Now when you read Isaiah chapter six, and you find the year the king Uzziah died, You'll find that Isaiah said his train filled the temple. 
Oh, and every ancient king, when said when they come home, come back to their uh, principality or their province or their rule. It was customary for them to take the, the robe of the defeated king and sew it to their train. And uh, what they would do is they would bring that to uh, the, the, the former king. They would lead him in tow as that king would come into town leading, amen, the Bible says he spoiled principalities and powers he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. So what he did, he'd march his enemy down the street of the hometown, letting his subjects know, thank God, that he had overcome and he had won, and that train was filled up with the defeated enemy's robes. That's what made that train fill the temple. Well, Uzziah had to die for that to happen. A ruler of a province had to become dead to him. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 2 that the devil is a prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience at whom we were all, Rod, we were all subject to him. We were all in, in, in his domain. But I'm going to tell you what happened at Calvary, thank God. Yeah. Amen. Jesus spoiled principalities and powers. Amen. The Bible says that blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. Amen. Made a, took it and sewed it to his train and made a public example of it. Paraded it down the street of Hallelujah Avenue, thank God, and let us know he is the victor. And I thank God today my transgressions are old. Now, he says in Hebrews chapter 10, I can't remember what verse, but he said, there's sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now in the Old Testament dispensation, the day of atonement, there was always remembrance of their sins. There was never remission of their sins, always remembrance. But aren't you glad tonight, oh, that our transgressions are old. And there's no more remembrance, thank God. There's only remission. He said, their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. You say, I hate to see my, I hate for other people to see my record, hear about my past. And they might. But I'm gonna tell you this, friend, he ain't never gonna bring it up. <laughs> he don't even know about it. <laughs> Glory to God. You say, well, I'm glad he forgot about it. He did better than that, friend. That's right. We all know forgetting is a human error, is it not? Amen. You forget something and uh, it, can, it can be void of your memory for a long time and then something stir, spur that and you can say, oh, I forgot about that. You don't have to worry about that with the Lord. Amen. He said their sins and iniquities lie, remember no more. That means 
He chooses not to remember them anymore. He doesn't forget it, but he says, I'm not going to remember them anymore. I promise you this, your transgressions will never come up before God ever again if if they've been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. That's right. I'm overwhelmed with thanksgiving because my transgressions are old. Because the treasure I hold, because the tribe I'm of the same mold, because the truth I've been told. I'm overwhelmed with thanksgiving because the town of gold. Hey, hey man, chapter one, verse number five. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. Thank God. Ain't that something to be thankful for? Chapter three, verse number one. If you have been be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth, for you're dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. So I want to say, when the part that Christ is coming to get catches up with the rest of us, we all together are going to be over there on the other side. But the Bible says, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. Thank God there's a town of gold. Don't worry about this world being your home. Oh man, we're all upset because of the political situation. And it's just about to drive us absolutely stone cold crazy mad. That's right. We're about like a rabid dog. Slobbering when we watch Fox News. But I'm going to tell you, thank God there's a better home waiting. Hey, man, thank God my hope is not in this world. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Thank God that where I am, where I am, there ye may be also. Bless the good name of God. (laughs) Woo! Don't that make you happy now, young folks? You young guys, you're like, man, I hope I can get married one day. Please, Lord, don't come back till I get married. And please don't come back till I buy my first truck and get my driver's license. I hate to break the news to you. There's going to be a generation that ain't going to get to see that. But I'll tell you this. One second in heaven, you'll be like, marry who? What truck? Right. What house? What job? Oh, glory to God. We're going home one of these days. Jesus is coming back. Hallelujah. Getting out of here, friend. That's right. I'm overwhelmed tonight because the town of gold. That's right. I'm going there. Hey, man. Say, lastly tonight, I'm overwhelmed because of the throne where I can be bold. Now, here's what's going to help you more in life than anything until you get home. Look here in chapter 4. Verse number two, continue in prayer 
and watching the same with thanksgiving. He says, do you believe what Hebrews tells us? Do you believe the promise that God made to us in his word? Let us come before the throne. We've got a place called the throne room of grace that we've been invited into. We've been told to be bold. To have that boldness to come. That boldness to approach the Lord. That's not some kind of haughty attitude or some kind of attitude that says uh, I'm entitled or give me this or give me that. It's total reliance upon him. I heard the story of a young boy that walked into a candy store in the old time candy stores and the, the owner of the store had a big old vat of candy like this. He put it down in front of the boy and he said, son, get you a handful of that candy. The boy looked at him, looked at the candy, looked at him and looked, he never would get in the... The owner said, get you some of that candy, boy. I'm giving it to you. He looked at him, looked at the candy. And finally, in irritation, the old store owner grabbed his handful of candy, put it in a bag and gave it to the boy. When they walked out the door, his mama said, son, why do you grab a handful of that candy? He said, because his hand was bigger than mine. Hey, man, thank God. It ain't about us going and getting thanks from God. And it ain't about us grabbing and pulling and jerking, but it's about us standing there waiting in humility and humbleness before him. And I'm gonna tell you what, will he not give it? Oh, I was looking in the book of Ruth. And he told those gleaners, he said, drop handfuls of purpose. <laughs> what he said. Drop those handfuls of purpose. Yes. I thought, well, why could she not do it herself? Because Boaz knew she'd get more. If she'd just take what the gleaners were throwing down. And thank God, I'm glad it's not about us coming to him saying, give me, give me, give me. Yes. But it's like him, he's saying, here you go, here you go, here you go. Finally, where he's over there in chapter 2, he reached over there, Boaz himself, and handed to her parched corn. I've never been a dog man, an animal kind of fella. But during the, during the travesty of 2020, I let my family talk us into getting a Chawini. And I'd made my mind up. I said, I will never, ever have a dog in my house. It is forbidden. And I was like, no, it ain't going to happen. Please, please, please. And finally, they wore me down. I was like, fine, whatever, I give up. Well, they bought this crazy dog. And, that, and that's $350, I think, is what they paid for that thing. And that dog does bad things in our house. <laughs> Terrible things. 
I don't even want to talk about it. Oh, I need some medication. Y'all help me. Deborah, go get my meds. But anyway, <laughs> but I never did like the dog. I never have liked dogs. I was like, well, we'll have a dog, but it's got to stay outside. That dog ain't spent one night outside yet. Eats better than I do. But here's the thing about it is, that nature in me that wanted to kick that dog around, I honestly, I, I've grown accustomed to that poor little old dog. It's a half chihuahua, half chihuahua, uh, Dotson. It's got a long body, short legs, <laughs> long nose, funny looking ears. But I thought about this as <laughs> the hatred I had for, for dogs. And I, I, I can't believe I'm saying this tonight. I'm, I'm just a pushover gullible. But that dog, every time I eat something, he stands there and looks at me with those eyes. And it don't matter what I've got. And I thought about that dog is just sitting there looking pitiful. But I've took him in. I've raised him as my own. And I'll throw that dog pieces of meat and all kind of stuff. But you know, he keeps coming back for more. And the dog food bowl just don't satisfy him, but he wants to be fed from the hand of his master. I thought about what Jesus told us, those with the Syrophoenician woman, she said, yea, Lord, even the dogs eat from the crumbs which fall from the master's table. But he wasn't going to give her crumbs. And I'm going to promise you this. If, 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 if me and my depravity and my rotten nature and anybody for that matter of fact our human nature, let me just put it that way. I'm glad I'm saved, not depraved anymore. Not, I'm saved. But if I'd be kind and compassionate to a dog, yeah. if I would be, how much more so is our Lord going to be those who's redeemed by his marvelous grace? Thank God. And he says, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Let me tell you something tonight. We ought to be overwhelmed with thanksgiving because when we think about all the other religions in the world, they've got a dead God, they've got a dead religion. But I'm thankful tonight we've got a living Savior. We've got a living hope, thank God. We've got a Savior that's alive and invites us to come to the throne room of grace and says, come, I'll give you. Listen, you ought to be overwhelmed. I ought to be overwhelmed with thanksgiving tonight because the throne where I can be bold. I'm thankful tonight for all that the Lord has done for us. Let me ask you this tonight.
Are you overwhelmed with thanksgiving? Now, we could all take a lot of time tonight, I'm sure. It would take us forever to talk about what the Lord has done for us. But I wonder tonight, maybe you just want to come say thank you, Lord. Over, I'm overwhelmed, overwhelmed. Listen, God has been so, so gracious and good and kind to us. We don't deserve anything the Lord's done for us. But I bless his good name and thankful for all that he's done for us tonight.